Before we dive into this podcast, we want to introduce you to our sponsor, TylerMade. Established in 2008, TylerMade is a family-owned and run business built on traditional values of trust, honesty, and integrity. When you visit TylerMade's showroom, you'll experience firsthand their commitment to these values through their honest pricing with no hidden fees and service with a genuine smile. Each tile specialist is knowledgeable in all areas, from features and benefits to measuring and layout, ensuring that you receive the best advice and service possible. TylerMade's vision is to become one of the largest and most successful tile manufacturers of high-end quality products, with a stylish and exclusive range of products distributed worldwide to both wholesale and retail markets. Their mission is to manufacture high-quality tiles and surpass expectations by offering competitive prices through an ongoing commitment to customer satisfaction and dedication to continuous improvement. We're proud to have TylerMade as our sponsor and invite you to visit their showroom in Kupuru in Brisbane or check out their products online at tylermade.com.au. Hello and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. Teamless Tuesday brought us dropped guns, returning guns, suspended guns and misfiring guns. It's more NRA than NRL this week. Head-to-head finals are in our sights and plenty are still in with a shot at overall. So here to tell us who we should be targeting, it's Wilf. Hey Joe, good to be here again. And yeah, I am excited. I think we can see the home straight. No more pesky, you know, multi-team buys. We still have obviously buys to the end of the season, but it's only one team per round now. So much more manageable. Yeah, this is when, you know, this is really the round that you want your final team locked in and then you got the whip out and you're just going hell for leather to the final straight. So I guess as we're talking about the final straight, mate, um, how you positioned for the run home? So I had a decent round last round, uh, 13.09, so not massive. Saw me sneak up a little bit. So I'm sitting in the 2600s, just I think about 250 points behind you. So not too far back, but you're seemingly entrenched in the top 1K now. And uh, I think you had another good round. Yeah, 13.66 was was pretty nice. Thank you for the uh, Fenua Black Unicorns, Tom Sangster. Uh, so up to 7.28. So, yeah, a, a couple hundred points ahead of you, a little bit behind Guy. He's uh, up at 3.37. So he's having an absolutely cracking year. I think um, the more kids he has, the uh, the better he gets at Supercoach. But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting that um, I, I, I would have thought 13.66 in any week, it's generally a pretty big score, but I was seeing some monsters out there, so I was pleasantly surprised to, to go up a bit. Yeah, it's a, I think last round was, even though the scores, there's a really broad range, and I think it was because of the particular players that went massive, so you could still do well, but I think a lot of the players up the top might not have had or, or had some key players that didn't score well, so that might have been why you know, there's a lot of movement. I know that I think in even in the top 10, someone scored 1,500, and moved up four or five spots. So still anyone's game at this stage, and I think it's going to be an exciting finish. Speaking of exciting finishes, we're going to have that with our $500 champs only bonus winner. we still got Reese, Coach of Thrones Legion, up the top there into 68th, closely followed in 73rd by Rod, who's the coach of Team Bozza. They're just 11 points apart. Now, a bit of controversy, though. So I think this is something that I've perhaps neglected. I've been chatting with Nick 
who's uh, one of our other champs. He's a coach of Cheese Sammy, actually sitting in 45th overall. And he's been up and thereabouts uh, at the top of the champs rankings for weeks. But the reason I didn't realize and hadn't been talking about it is because he's not in our actual champs only group due to actually having maxed out his group competitions elsewhere. So I don't know. Uh, I, I guess this is where we get the uh, the fine print out and, and work out. Does Nick qualify for the bonus? I don't know. I mean, how how far down the pecking order is he treating the champs, mate? That uh, he's maxed out before he, um, you know, before he thinks to join us. That's that's my only question. Yep, that's a very fair one, and uh, I did put it there. Like I'm like, well, do you have to be in the other groups? Like you can join us, you know, but. That's a matter for him to decide. Anyway, look, there's still plenty of weeks left, and then you, know, you could throw not even a blanket; it's more of a handkerchief over the three of those guys. So, gonna be an exciting finish there. Uh, in terms of our leagues, we got a couple of leagues at the not not quite the pointy end, but pretty pretty solid there. Champs twenty head to head one in twenty first, and champions one in twenty second. Odd Masters Cup dropped a little to seventh overall, but look, that's enough of that. Let's jump into all the uh, exciting stuff for this week. For the news this week, look, the exciting news, I guess, is the NRLW season kicks off. So they have all their, I mean, this is the first TLT for them. So I think it's just, yeah, it's going to be good to see some of the, the women's teams run around and hopefully you know, they're, they're going to get some decent support and some decent marketing still, even though obviously, like we talked about last week, a bit of a shame about the player uh, media ban extending to the ladies. But look, uh, you know, all the more reason to support them because I think there's a, a lot of good footy that's going to be played and a lot of exciting games that we'll get to watch as well. So For sure. The best way to market uh, the NRLW is to get degenerates following them. I can think of 150,000 degenerates. If they started up a women's super coach, uh, there would be a hell of a lot of people following it very, very closely. So there's a tip for next season. Definitely. But we'll jump straight into the injuries. So, look, there's thankfully not too many. Uh, I think uh, I'll stick with the really relevant one. So I was panicking as a Torhu Harris owner, as someone who saw him come off in the first half, and then he did come back on a little bit later, and then he went off again. Look, long story short, turns out uh, no injuries, no no new ones anyway. Still got that ongoing scar tissue, knee issue that he's been managing. But it turns out he almost didn't play last round because he was sick. So sick all week, limited minutes there, and and I imagine with the the Sharks being pummeled. Thoroughly by the Warriors, they they took uh, Torhu off with the game in hand. Sharks copped a couple of injuries. Obviously, Teague Wilton uh, went off with a knee concern, apparently a meniscus injury of some sort, pending scans on how long he'll be out. Wade Graham, uh, we were concerned Wade Graham might be there on the left edge, I think, for those who had Ronnie last year were probably uh, panicking, thinking Wade might be on the edge. He's got a toe injury as well, but it you know, it's still... A little bit concerning because, uh, and we'll come to it with team list for Sharks there because there's been a few shifts there. Now, Dave Fafita, obviously, I think we were speculating, you know, why so low minutes at, in origin and all of that type of stuff. There was a misreporting of a hip pointer injury. Apparently, the the NRL, uh, the, the the statement came out, it was a hip pointer injury, but that was, that was Jeremiah Nanai, right? And yeah, it was, a, it was like a bad copy-paste job. Pretty much, but yeah. So it turns out, Fafita did have back issues and back spasms. So he obviously still played and, you know, 
was he hindered or not? Who knows? Super coach wise, he didn't score fantastically. So that was good for those who held off. But yeah, I, I would imagine he's uh, full go. No, no reason to be majorly concerned there. Lastly, so Richie Kenner uh, did miss out last round because he uh, had to go for pec surgery. He's gone for the season now. Originally, we were thinking maybe Tyrone Munro might be there to to play a couple of rounds, uh, not quite be a one and done, but it turns out he might be injured as well. So it hasn't been cited at training, not named in first grade, obviously, also not named in New South Wales Cup. So big question mark there. Obviously, some super coaches were hoping that they might have picked Munro over some of the other uh, round 19 nuffs, hoping that Munro might be there as a depth piece for center wing. So things to keep an eye on there. Judiciary-wise, obviously, big news with uh, Tino copying the three weeks. Uh, he pleaded guilty there, so that's obviously massive. I mean, whether or not he's a trade-out, that just comes down to how many trades you have left, right? I mean, three weeks is is half the rest of the Supercoach season, so it's pretty hefty. But, you know, if you've got Haas, Tarpanay, Tohu uh, that you can move up and down uh, as needed, um, there's a bit of flexibility in front row, uh, second row options. So he's a, he's a guy that you can maybe hide on your second row bench for a few weeks, but at 800K plus, you know, that we're pretty early out to just be, you know, having that amount of money sitting uh, on your bench, but very much all depends on your trades. Um, obviously, it's good news for Fafida and the likes of Mo Fodawaka. More interested on the impact for the next guy that is out for three weeks. Uh, with Campbell Gillard being out for three weeks, that kind of clears up a bit of the log jam and, and any uncertainty over Hopgood's role for the Eels. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, I had briefly considered maybe, you know, trading out Hopgood for feeder. So Hopgood for feeder uh, last round. And then I thought, look, let's not let's not be hasty here. And, and it turns out that worked out quite well to hang on to Hopgood. Uh, I think, you know, the question mark was always about minutes, right? With a full-strength Eels pack, does Hopgood's minutes drop enough that maybe he isn't, you know, now now gun in the second row? But I think he's definitely going to be uh, safe at this stage. So that's fine. Mike Acevo is still at the judiciary at the moment. He's pleaded guilty, but is challenging the grading of a grade two uh, offense. So he will miss four weeks if unsuccessful. Uh, obviously, that to be confirmed whether he succeeds or not. And Jared Wallace actually did succeed. He pleaded not guilty for a shoulder charge and he's uh, got off and he's free to play this round. So a couple of other players all free to play thanks to PVL's uh, fine system. So look, without further ado, let's jump into the team list for the week. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. Except you, you and you. All right, kicking off with the Thursday game and what an absolute dud this is. Dragons-Tigers uh, down at Wynn Stadium. Uh, the Dragons do get some troops back. Sloan, Ben Hunt and Little return. Jack Bird makes an appearance on the interchange and Dan Russell's on the edge. Uh, Tigers, whether they're in crisis or not, it's up to uh, you to decide, but no foes back on the wing. Dane Laurie is a bizarre choice at six, but he's been named there this week. And uh, the young gun, Talon De Silva, is on the interchange. I mean, at this point, maybe with the exception of Jareen Buller, who who roared back to form last week, mate, we don't want any part of these two sides, do we? No, I think we've said it for a while now. If you had Jack DeBellin from by coverage, look, he's fine. You'll just hang on to him. And hopefully he's maybe your third or fourth front row forward that you don't have to play every week if you don't have to. You probably still have Bateman. Like, I think he's fine. Like, as long as he's on the edge, I do like him on the edge a lot more than when he's at lock. So, 
no, he's he's going to be fine. Papa Lee had a good game, but like I'm not actively targeting any of the Tigers at all. So either you got you you have these guys in your team already, and that's fine. If you don't, then look elsewhere. Pretty much. Yeah, I, and I should say that I do actually have Bateman as well. It slipped my mind. I mean, he's about as set and forget as it gets. You know, three round average seventy uh, fifty seven, five round average fifty nine. Uh, He's more likely to get a jagged attacking stat on the edge there. So, yeah, he's a kind of borderline top 17 play every week, but but doesn't seem uh, too match-up dependent given his game. Warriors-Raiders Friday. How good uh, were the Warriors last week watching them and particularly SJ go around? Um, they welcome Nia Corey back on the edge. Bunty's back at prop, pushing Barnett and Ale to the interchange, but the Raiders get a some cattle back as well. So Josh Papali'i, Horse and uh, Swallow return. Um, good for the Raiders back off the bye. So the likes of, you know, Joe Tarpane, Horse, if you carried him as well back in the team. Yeah, definitely. And and look, I'm really excited for this game. Obviously, the Warriors, they've been so good to watch. And, you know, hopefully SJ Delhi M season continues. <laughs> and uh, I think there's obviously quite a few relevant uh, Warriors players. Like we've talked about it, but that that run after the round 22 buy is just so good. And just to remind people, Titans, Titans Tigers, Seagulls, Dragons, Dolphins, last five rounds. So can't really ask for much better considering I think these are like, they're, they're pretty much five of the worst defensive teams in the NRL effectively. Yeah. Sean Johnson in particular, four tons in his last six games, um, absolutely on fire. I think he's turned up against three of the upcoming opponents that he's got. So, look, uh, we'll probably canvas it in a bit more detail tomorrow in, when, when we go through the strategy chat about that halfback position. You know, there's a lot of chat about, you know, is it Nico and Cleary? Is it Cleary and SJ? Is it Nico and SJ? So it'd be interesting to see what uh, yeah your thoughts are on that. Uh, but, look, I think, you know, I, I've toyed with the idea of trading in someone from the Warriors this round, even though they're missing next week. Do you think that's wise or should I be looking elsewhere? I think it's it's not just a phase with the Warriors now. You know, the Warriors have flattered to deceive in the decades since they joined the comp, but this is a this is kind of the most resilient Warriors team I think I've ever seen, even their two grand final sides. They're playing really great, solid footy. Um, and, you know, I don't see the likes of CNK even as bizarre as it is, Wateni Zalesniak um, not scoring well, you know, pretty consistently. And um, SJ obviously is the headline and, you know, three have to go into two somehow between him, Cleary and Nico. Um, but there's really great options there. Even Montoya at 455k is, uh, you know, has the potential to do really well. Yeah, a bit of a dart throw there. And I guess, you know, for some of us like who are probably sick of Ronnie Muller, Latalo just throwing up dud scores. I mean, the temptation to downgrade uh, Ronnie to, you know, an arguably better and more informed left winger for 100k less with a far better run home. I mean, it's just, yeah, throwing out the ideas there for sure. AFB obviously is powering on 122. He's basically averaging Payne Haas numbers. So, you know, people got him in for good buy coverage and he was and he was doing well, but he's a, a dead kind of lock him in for, for your run home as well. Yeah, definitely. If you've got him, you're not moving him on. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm targeting targeting him still, obviously, because you know, front row forward is not really a position you really want to make too many moves at. But yeah, obviously he's in fantastic form. 
on the Raiders side, though, as we talked about, like I don't think there's many options screaming out that you know people don't have already, like your Tarpanes, your Horsburghs. That's pretty much it, isn't it, for the Raiders? Hudson Young, maybe yeah. if you want to get frisky with the pod, but you can talk about that. Uh, no, not really. I mean, he's just, in terms of trading him in, um, he's basically a, a slightly worse John Bateman, and I would waste the trade on that, just given the depth in, in centre wing. But enough about this game. Rabbitohs Broncos is the marquee game probably of the whole week. Um, all of the bunnies are back. <laughs> Latrell Mitchell's back. Uh, Graham's back. Jai Arrow's back. All the Origin guys are back. Uh, obviously, Munro, the only real super coach relevant guy that misses this week. Um, for the Broncos, Walsh, Carrigan, and Haas all return. That's a handy trio, uh, pushing Jets to the interchange. And Sailor, who's actually been fairly good, um, drops fully out of the side. I mean, yes, we want to get our final teams. Yes, we want a team full of guns, Wilf, but there's also the option of kind of really pod hunting at around about this time. And you've called out here in the notes Cam Murray as a former gun who would be a huge pod, 482K. Is he kind of on the radar for you this week? Probably not for me, and that's more my team kind of build and number of trades I have left. But I definitely think he's a valid option at that price, right? 483K. I mean, anyone round one can marry to that price. You're snapping that up for, for sure. The issue is, is obviously it's not just, I mean, he did come off early, like two two games ago, uh, sorry, three games ago, where that's why his price tanked uh, due to injury. And he played at 30 odd minutes and had that groin issue before Origin 2, I believe. That's how far back we're going. But prior mm-hmm. to that, he just hadn't been traveling very well at all, right? I think, you know, he'd had all games out of five in the 40s, low score of 40 in there, just. Not well. I think, you know, last start 86 is very, you know, very tempting, but it's, you've got to remember he did score a try and in that score as well with the line break. So look, I, I just, I think at the price tag, he's great value. I just don't know what you're going to get with Murray because if they're going to keep playing the way they've been playing all season, I just think he's going to give you more of the 55, 60 range for an average rather than, I guess, I guess, you know, Pete Cam Murray, which we, We'd be hoping he'd be a 70, 75 average at, at least. Yeah, and that's really off the pace for your, for your final team as far as I'm concerned. Luttrell, 813K, break even at 139. It's a tall ask for him to get close to that uh, up at Suncorp. Reese Walsh, almost 200K cheaper. We have talked about the, the Broncos' brutal run home, and I think for a Rocks and Diamonds guy like Walsh, that, that might be an avoid. So Titans-Roosters Saturday at Seabus, mate. Um we mentioned Tino out, which brings Liu to prop. Uh, Aaron Clark at lock. Brimson's back at one, um, pushing Campbell to the utility. Most of the interest, I think, outside of the feed up uh, in this game is with the Roosters, with Teddy back. Manu pushed to the centre. Suali'i on the wing. Um, obviously, no Sam Walker. I don't know if the Roosters are in crisis per se, but they certainly don't seem to be a, a team I'd, I'd be targeting. No, I think not until you see more, right? Right, and I, I do know a lot of people are looking at Teddy going, well, you know, he's still got that super coach pedigree and I think, you know, we, we've talked about it for ages that he's just off the pace, but, I mean, scoring-wise, he's had a couple of good weeks, right? And then he threw up a dud last round, uh, two rounds ago with 32, came back, you know, back back to, you know, decent form with an 89, but, yeah, I, I think you look at the, the scores over rounds 1 to 11 and just very uninspiring 
there's those two rounds there where he's gotten 118 twice and everyone got a little bit excited, but then it was more of the same afterwards. So I think the way the Roosters are playing, they're pretty much out of finals contention, aren't they? Like mathematically, they still might be able to make it, but it's, I mean, yeah, one more loss and they're gone, aren't they? So I can't get excited about Teddy. I just don't. Like it's not like they're playing well and the results aren't going their way. They're not yeah. playing well and the results aren't going their way. So he's a bit of a worry for Joey Manu owners like myself. Um, he does have very, very high ownership, but something I think we'll probably discuss in, in uh, the second pod for the week, so many underperforming CTW guns that, I don't know, Manu almost looks like the most reliable for me at this point. Um, night storm Saturday night. Uh, Gagai is back. He, he was named, but it was laid out last week. Otherwise, they're one to seventeen. The Storm are one to seventeen. Welcome return to form for Harry Grant uh, this week. I, I would assume most people listening to the pod having given how big of fans you and I are, Wilf. Um, but is he one of those close to must haves for the run home now that he's kind of proven he's back in form? I think, yeah, even if he wasn't, you were always backing him to bounce back because he's just got too much class. He's too good of a player and the Storm are too good of a team for him to not do something in these remaining games. So look, at 645k, if you don't have him, yeah, I'd find ways to get him in and I, I would be prioritizing him uh, you know, in the coming. I mean, it's a good matchup and I think, yeah, like there's going to be attacking stats on offer for sure for someone like Harry. I'm a little bit more interested in in maybe uh, Cam Munster here because he's not in my team and I'm very tempted to bring him in. Uh, look, he's got a high break even of like, I think it's 118, something quite, I mean, it's not like super stupidly high, but yeah, at 661k, it's a good price. I mean, would this be a matchup you'd target for Munster or it doesn't really matter, does it? Uh, 100%, I think the Storm obviously you know, Bellamy paces them to to come into form towards the back end of the year, and traditionally they do that. Munster didn't really do much for his 65. I know there were the two try, two kick um, assists, but, but was nowhere near as busy otherwise. You say there's a lot of points on offer. I've very happily got Nick Meany uh, in my centre wing, and for all the, you know, Mulatalos and even Jermaine Zarcos and, and other underperformers in the centre wing, he didn't do anything last week and, and knocked out a 72. And he's at price of 531k. So I think Meany would be a great option. Um, yeah, I, I, I would be looking if if there's 50-50 calls and you know for trade-ins and the other one of the guys is a storm player, I'd default to that because they're starting to look good. Yeah. I mean, are you nervous at all that Pappenhausen's up and about and practicing goal kicking now? No, not not the way Bellamy brought him along after the last catastrophic injury he suffered. Um, you know, not only was it, was it a few weeks in um, Queensland Cup, I think uh, he then had maybe four weeks, I think, playing limited minutes uh, in a utility role. So yeah, I, I think given the nature of that injury, which was pretty devastating, um, he'll definitely be brought along slowly. Melbourne. Storm, you know, it may sound arrogant, but the Storm don't give a crap about regular season. They want Pappenhausen ready to kind of come into his own for the first week of finals, and they want him fresh for that. So I can't see why they'd want to overexert him in in, in the super coach relevant parts of the year. Yep, very, very fair. Now, just jumping back to the Knights for a bit, obviously, Kalen Ponga on a real tear. I mean, he's it's good to see, right? I mean, we'd love to see right. him playing good footy. 
Now he's eight fifty to nine hundred with a neg thirty three break even, which is insane. I mean, if you've missed the boat, like, do you still just you know are you, are you jumping out into the water trying to swim and jump onto the boat at this stage or? Oh look, there's some people still trying to to reel Scott Drinkwater in, and he's even more expensive than Ponga. So um, look again, pedigree and form uh, for Ponga is there. He's got um, you know just a lazy five round average of 110. So it's it, it's not like uh, you know the 180 in last week is is kind of skewing it unnecessarily. He's he's been you know pretty good uh, consistently. But I do have a bit of a worry on some of the matchups coming up. Yes, they've got the Dolphins and the Bulldogs, but you know they've got Melbourne this week. Uh, they've got South. They've got the Sharks. Um, you know for the run home. So I, I'm not necessarily sure that it's plus kind of matchups as opposed to you know some of the other options that you might roll out. Um, and it and it is a lot of money. I mean, he is just shy of 200k more expensive than Munster. Definitely part of the consideration. It obviously depends how much you have cash wise and trade wise as well. I don't, I think it's still valid to bring him in, but this is definitely the last week. If you missed, if you missed this week, I think he's, he's gone. Yeah. I mean, he'll be kind of probably mid 900s, um, you know, even with a pretty average game against the storm with that break even. So, Cowboys Eels, uh, Saturday up at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Cows are one to seventeen, and and speaking of rounding into form, they look fantastic. Uh, the Eels, Ogden's in it prop, um, and we've got Sevo with the judiciary uh, there, so there might be a bit of a hole in the left wing for them. Good news for Hopgood with the RCG uh, suspension, mate, but not too many people on the cows at the moment. Um, Val Holmes on fire as well. Yeah, I think if you're targeting a cowboy like Val's the guy I'd be going for over Drinky just because of price, really, mostly. And and Val, I, I still think he's got the better ceiling. I know Drinky's the one who's, you know, got the highest score this year, but that's an outlier for Drinky across his career, whereas Val's done it before. You know, he's hit the 130 pluses multiple times, Drinky not so much. And just with the base and everything and like that, it's just... I would count on Val being worth the money more than anything. So, yeah, I think anyone who watched the game probably saw, like, the fact that Drinky was on, like, 15 at halftime. And I think anyone that's a million dollars plus in Supercoach that can throw up, uh, you know, 15 and 40 minutes of footy, like, all it takes is one quiet second half and he's the price is gone. Like, that's too much for me. So... Yeah, Val is much more likely to to hold his value. I think when I think back, like when I traded him out, he was about 680K and here he is, you know, about almost 200K more. So, yeah. It, it's pretty crazy. Um, a few weeks ago when you and I picked out uh, Jeremiah Nane as a Smokey, um, back when he was 500K, he's gone uh, and only done 82, 84, 106, and 68. So he's up to 659, so he's getting up in the premium price. But in terms of pods, um, you know, the in the top 1%, he's only 1.6% uh, owned. So if you're right at the pointy end, he could be a serious difference maker. Yep, definitely. Um, yeah, Panthers, Bulldogs, just looking at my super coach side and I see in the right-hand corner that the Panthers are – uh, well, basically, the Bulldogs are $17 to win this game. <laughs> Just to put that in perspective of how, uh, you know, the odds makers are, uh, are backing them. 
Cleary obviously named at seven, not 24, and the Origin guys returning for the Panthers is huge. Hosking is out for anyone that held uh, from the Bulldogs. Uh, Toby Sexton's been so good uh, in the few weeks that he's joined the club, but, you know, good old reliable Flano's back at seven. Uh, Alamotti's back at centre. Harrison Edwards on the interchange. Uh, Viliami Kikau starting to haunt the extended bench and, and might not be too far away, but, um, yeah, I mean... This is all set up for a paddling, right? It's hard to find a reason it won't be, right? The Panthers at home, on top of everything else they've got with all the cattle coming back as well. So it's hard to see any positives here for the Bulldogs. I guess, you know, Josh Adakai is floating on the extended bench, but he's not really going to do much. Although no, if he does and- kick out Blake, Will- Blake Wilson for me, that will be one less AU nightmare I have to deal with. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, look, this Bulldogs fan is trading Nathan Cleary in this week and slapping the armband on him. So just because I don't want to completely ruin my Sunday watching the game. Uh, yeah, if, if you've got him, play him. You know, a lot of talk around Isaac Tungo as a potential option. He probably, uh, I think he's probably moving to the right. Is that correct? Um, and, and traditionally doesn't do as well with Cleary in the side. So I think his well, recent run coincides with Cleary not being around. Yeah, definitely. But he actually, I think he has been on the right for the last two games. So since, you know, I think since they made that adjustment, he's still been a go-to guy. So look, I imagine once he's, you know, once everyone's back in and and Stephen Crichton's there, I think uh, Tungo will go back to the left. And obviously that's been fine with Luai feeding him there. But I think just with Cleary back in the team, Luai on the left, Cleary on the right, I, I just think, Tungo, he his, I mean the form won't disappear, but I just don't think he's going to get as much ball as he has. When you can also obviously throw it to Stephen Crichton as well. So, yeah, yeah. he's been great. Congrats if you got on, but I, I do think it's too you know it's too late to jump on now. Yeah, and sorry, you're right. I did confuse my left and right there. Uh, it's been a big week. Uh, Shark Seagulls finishing off the week for us at points bet. Is it is it Calhoun? I can't remember how to pronounce uh, Jesse's name. He's on the edge ahead of Wade Graham. And I know you mentioned the toe in injury. In other places, he's been named as rested. Um, anything that Fitzgibbon can use just to get him out of the side is good. Uh, Trindle's at six. Connor Tracy at centre for Nuke and Locke. Big news, obviously, uh, Sifa Talakai, such a highly owned player. And now he's got that bench edge role, which is super coach poison. Yeah, definitely. I think if you've got Talakai, he needs to go. Even if he moves back to left center, like, yeah, I just don't really think. I mean, I, the Sharks are so tough, right? Because on their day, and their day usually is when they don't play a top eight team, like they just look like world beaters. But then they play someone who's a little bit more resilient, who don't let them, you know, let let the Sharks try go around the edges so much and they got nothing. And yeah, I think that's been the issue here. I'm not sure whether the Seagulls fall into that category. So I think the Sharks could still do well because, again, Seagulls aren't a top eight team at the moment. So, I mean, that's the Sharks' formula lately, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they've all got massive break-evens. I think the only, just about the only highly owned Shark that doesn't have a break-even over 100 is uh, Britain, uh, Nicara. Uh, with a break-even of 59, but Mulatalu's at 147. Hines is about 140 as well. So, I mean, if if there is a time that you're going to look to move off any of them, I think it's probably this week. Um, over the Seagulls, um, Matt Lodge's quest to play for every NRL team uh, takes its next stop. Uh, and Manly, he gets named on the interchange with Kepi. 
Sipley and Bullimore are dropping out there. And and I guess we've been talking about underperforming centre wings kind of here and there at every game. Uh, Ruben Garrick, he did knock out a 50, but he's starting to plummet in price as well. Yeah, I guess to be fair, that 50 was in 65 minutes. I think Rubes did have to go off for a HIA, which he passed, obviously. So, look, if 50 is going to be his worst, like, I think he's going to be perfectly fine to hang on to for the rest of the season. He's At fullback, he's just got such a high work rate, and I think the Seagulls will score a little bit more points than they would have last round. So, I, I mean, I think, you know, whether you trade out Ronnie or not, I think that's the question a lot of super coaches are facing. Personally, it comes down to like what your center wing looks like, right? For me, I'm really tempted to do it because I've already got Siona Katoa and he might actually be the better option. So for me, I still think the Sharks are going to put on a couple of big scores in the coming couple of weeks, depending on the matchup. So I want to have some exposure to the Sharks and whether that's hanging on to Hines, whether you've got Nikara, like Ronnie, I don't know whether he's playing with injury or something like that. His base has just absolutely fallen off a cliff the last two games he's played. Like for the majority of the season, he's been good up until that point. So, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there, but I think with the break even that he's there, whether he's going to get in, whether he'll bounce back or not, I'm thinking I'm happy to move him on. Uh, for me, like Ronnie to Munster is a potential trade I can do here. And I'm really tempted to pull the trigger on that just because I don't have to worry about it. Gets Joey Manu back to center wing for me. Yeah. I think it, yeah, yeah, obviously team specific, but I can certainly get around moving him on, which is really disappointing since I had him pegged as a top five center wing rest of season at oh, some points. Oh, I did the whole way once he kind of mid season, he started kicking on. So he was always in the plans for the run home. And, and look, it, it, this impacts, uh, you know, all the other trades you want to make. Again, um, if you can bank. 100k uh, going down from Nico to Cleary, that could be the difference between being able to afford going up from Mulatalo to Val Holmes, for example, you know, depending on what your bank is. So, um, you know, there's there's kind of a high dependency between what you're doing at halfback, whether you're kind of having to spend 120k to go from SJ to Cleary if you want to bring him in or banking 100k from Hines. Um, yeah, there's just so many center wings that are that are kind of dropped off the 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 map with scoring a little bit. Ronaldo being the the key culprit, um, you know that it could be dependent on who you want to bring in for that to size what you do at halfback as well. So, lots of machinations um, that we can go through. We'll go deep on that in uh, the second podcast for the week. But that's pretty much the teams, mate. So let's go to the group comp update. Yeah, thanks to our good friends at Tyler Made. Uh, who stand for excellence in ball and floor tiles. So we actually have a bit of an, a change, finally, a change of leader at the top. So it's no longer Ryan, the coach of Financial Panther. Unfortunately, he's uh, dropped a little bit. We have a new leader, and that was uh, last week's second place. We do have Edwin, coach of Lux for Losers, up in fifth now. Ryan's still there. He's in 10th overall. So, yeah, it's uh, going to be a close finish. I, I back I think I back one of those two to probably take it out. They've been thereabouts for multiple weeks now. So 500 bucks overall cash prize. Uh, whoever finishes the season leading our group competition, and that's a thousand if you happen to be a champ. So maybe don't write off the likes of Nick, Reese, and and uh, Rod, who are all yeah within a stone's throw back there. For second to fourth place, you do get a platinum subscription to Rugby League Fantasy Pro that comes with access to all four of their fantasy apps. That's for the 2024 season. 
That's obviously not just Supercoach Pro, but that's also Fantasy Pro, Draft Stars Pro, and Punter Pro. And if you're fifth to tenth in the group competition, you get a thirty dollar discount applicable for next season. That is basically Supercoach Pro for the year, and it's it it really is quite useful. And uh, I imagine those up the top there would really love to be able to see who around them, you know, what teams in the top ten, who's got what players, and all that type of stuff. So super useful stuff. Check it out, RugbyLeagueFantasyPro.com. For more info about what's offered and thanks again to adrian and the team at rugby league fantasy pro for their generosity all right mate that is a, a quick fire episode but i think you know there's there's a lot to maybe muse over and, and think about uh, and we'll come back tomorrow and have another go tossing up some of these conundrums and set a wing the halfback position even uh, the mid-range kind of second row position there's some real potential for pods there. And I think there's a lot of uh, super coaches keen to hear from that. Any last thoughts on the teams for the today or. Yeah, we're very firmly in the all sales are final uh, part of the, uh, the trading uh, part of the super coach season. So yeah, I'm going to be combing, um, you know, all the ownership percentages and, and really kind of searching for pods. I'm at 728 overall. I'd love to get, you know, top top hundred if possible, and and I'm only going to do that by kind of, you know, mixing it up uh, with the guys I've got. I know there's plenty of listeners that are also at the pointy end, so um, yeah, uh, don't necessarily have to do what I do, but um, we're certainly going to be musing about it uh, tomorrow. Definitely, and look, I'm I'm not quite aiming for top 100 from where I am, but uh, only 250 points behind you, I can definitely feel I could chase top 1k still. So I'll obviously share my thoughts on how I'm going to get there as well. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode and we'll catch you again soon. Cheers.